Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Teen Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to a bonus Feathers in My Hair episode. I have another user requested, bought the Patreon level, very exciting. Uh, I don't know how to describe this, but just like last time I did this, there is a level on Patreon where you can basically uh, purchase the Patreon level and then you get to decide what episode we do and recap and you get to come on the podcast. And this week, I actually have two guests. So if there's a little weirdness in audio, just bear with us. This is an experiment, but I'm really excited. I have a married couple who, if you were in the Dearly Departed uh, Facebook group, you would know them. They were some of the OG Facebook group users. So we've been Facebook friends for quite, quite a while, but it's Amy and Chuck. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, Liz. I'm so excited to have you both on. Like I said, we've been Facebook friends now for like two years. Has it been that long already? Yeah. I think so. I remember uh, when we got married, which is coming up on uh, at least 18, 20 months, uh, when we talked about if we could have a celebrity guest at our wedding, you were that celebrity, Liz. So probably two years is about right. Well, this week we're going to do, you guys decided to do this one, and I actually think it's a great episode. As I've talked about on here, I think, not like a huge 16 and pregnant head, it's not... It's not my favorite of the Teen Mom universe, but this is actually a really good episode, and there's a lot to talk about, I think, in this episode. I think that's my problem with 16 Pregnant when it comes to this podcast. Sometimes there's just not that much to talk about, but we did Brianna's 16 and Pregnant. Brianna, Brianna, I don't even know how to say her name. I always switch back and forth, but we did Brianna's, which is also really like Brittany and Roxanne's 16 and Pregnant. It's like their family's 16 and Pregnant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So why did you guys request this one? Well, um, I personally requested it because I stand Brittany DeJesus huge, <laughs> hugely, big time. Um, I sounded like Trump there. That was not intentional. Um, yeah, we watched, I started watching Teen Mom with Amy um, while we were still dating. We started watching Teen Mom 2 together. Um, and back then it was all about Janelle, of course. And I didn't even know there was a Teen Mom 3 until we started watching that family therapy with Dr. Jen. Mm-hmm. Rihanna and Brittany on, and we found out Britt had a different father, and it was just, just high drama, like absolutely classical level stuff. And um, I, was, I was hooked. I was hooked from there. We went back and we watched the Teen Mom 3, and we watched Britney's... Brittany and Brianna's, uh, they're 16 and pregnant. How many times we watch this now, Amy? Three times? Um, probably two or three. Yeah, I've been a long-standing. Um, I watched 16 and pregnant while it aired, and then Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2. And then, um, I don't know, somehow I dragged Chuck into it the first summer we were, we were dating. And I was very pleased that he embraced it so fully and uh, <laughs> kind of 
really went all in. The first moment, the, the first moment I clearly remember from Teen Mom too. It was, Jan- it was a Janelle moment, and she was she had gotten together with with uh, Nathan, you know that charming guy, Kaiser's dad, and um, it was that famous quote where he said, "If you do not have a vagina between your legs, I would put you through a wall right now." Oh my like, god! What the hell am I watching? How is this on TV? But of course, I couldn't look away. And uh, yeah, after that, we did an absolute deep dive. I've watched all of Teen Mom 2, all of Teen Mom OG, all the reunions, and most of the 16 and Pregnance, I'd say, if not all. Yeah, I think the best thing about Brittany and Brianna, and I was thinking about it as I was watching this episode, and Roxanne, is that like they are who they are. And they truly are not putting on a show. Absolutely. They act exactly how they act. It has, you know, cameras, like, I believe the last five years or whatever in between Teen Mom 3 and them joining Teen Mom 2, like, they they existed the same exact way they do now. Like, there's nothing yeah. going on about them. They're high drama family. They have, in my opinion, like, a great natural chemistry to watch together, and it's nice to see, I mean, on one hand, you're like, it's so nice, they're so supportive of each other, but it's also very toxic and codependent at times, you know? telling Brittany on camera that like her dad wasn't her dad and like her real dad was dead like wasn't the greatest thing that a mom could do oh, yeah. yeah the way the way they walked her in there too like a, a villain coming in from stage left I mean it was just oh you remember that a lot more vividly than I, I do I, I do <laughs> replaying in your head all the time um we talk about all things Teen Mom all the time, but like when we think about like once, if and when the Teen Mom like money dries up and the show is off, I kind of think Brianna and Brittany and Roxanne like they're gonna be okay. Oh. Like they might be the only ones because they haven't like completely centered their life around this like ridiculous amount of money coming in that just is not sustainable for where these girls are. That's absolutely true. I even said last year after the reunion, after the fight, when Brie was talking that she was going to quit. I'm like, honestly, if any of these girls quit, it's going to be Brie. She hasn't made a ton of money off the show. You know, she's not getting like the $500,000 a year that the other girls get. She gets, I think this year she's probably making more because it's like her third season, but she doesn't lit, you know, they don't live the high life and they haven't made like a ton of money off of this show. And I think they're very aware of like how fleeting it all is because for them, it's been so fleeting. There have been these little moments of opportunity that really then get snatched away. And this is the first time that they've had like a sustainable TV, not sustainable, but a semi-lasting like opportunity with TV as opposed to the other girls that have been doing this since they were 17 or 18 years old, they're now rounding the corner on 30. They don't have any other experience except for this. Yeah. But I agree. I think that they'll be okay. I think they're very aware. Like, you know, Ra- uh, Brie didn't go out and get like a Yukon Denali XL. Like she got a minivan. She was like, I can yeah. finally get the Toyota Pot- or Odyssey. Like, <laughs> yeah. That will fill with pool toys. <laughs> So I really liked this 16 and Pregnant episode because, first of all, it is one of the only episodes that, like, openly talks about abortion and the reality of getting an abortion versus having a child. And yeah. as I've said on almost every single one of these that I've recapped, it's like, why are we not talking about abortion? Like, why are we sitting here and just, like, 
sometimes they'll be like, well, you know, I just couldn't get an abortion. And then they run right past it. And I just thought, I mean, MTV like struck gold with two sisters. I think they're less than two years apart. They're very close in age who one kept a pregnancy and one got an abortion at the same time. And you can't write that, you know, that's like the contrast that that like compares for us. And at the very end of the episode, not to skip ahead when Brie is crying and like saying that she wishes she could trade places with her sister. Like that's real shit. Mm. Yeah. So let's get into the episode. Are you guys ready? Yeah, I think so. I got my notes right here. So I'm Mm -hmm. good to go. And I've seen it a few times, like I've said, so. Okay. I right from the jump was like very surprised that Brie said she graduated high school early. Yeah. I was too. That was like the first thing I wrote down. I was a little suspicious, but we don't give her, I think, and I'm sorry, Chuck, if I'm jumping in on something that you said, like, but we, people don't give her the praise for that. Like, um, like Lexi on teen mom, young and pregnant gets. Yeah. Yeah. It's because Brie seems very slow. I mean, she, and I, I don't think she is slow. I think Brie comes is a naturally introverted, quiet person, with a loud ass mom and a loud ass older yeah. sister. I mean, she told her mom she was pregnant via a note. She wasn't even <laughs> yeah. able to say that out loud. So That's I, like, we're talking about a very shy person. Yeah, and I think that like her, I wonder like if she had been an only child or if she had a different type of mom and a different type of sister, if she would be so quiet. But I think she just like, first of all, I think she came out, she was the baby. I bet she was a very beautiful baby. You know, like she just has always been kind of doll-like, I think, in their family and like their little princess and her mom and her sister are so loud, so confrontational, so in your face that Brie like had never had to develop like an ability to speak basically. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, in Spinal Tap if... uh... Nigel's fire and David's ice. I guess that makes me lukewarm water. <laughs> I'll be honest. I've never seen Spinal Tap. I don't remember that part, Chuck, but I appreciate that like real deep cut there. So, <laughs> I just, I think that Brianna is probably used to Brittany just speaking for her all the time. Yeah. And like, I mean, it still happens today with like, I love all of Brit's like, snarky asides when she's you know uh kind of having to deal with like some of the stupid choices her sister uh makes and seems to have repercussions for the whole family yeah she Can certainly we... learned to love the cameras a little bit Brittany. yeah yeah well i think Brittany like knows she makes a good gif you know like she i think she's aware of her presence and i i kind of appreciate that Brittany doesn't I don't think she's trying to be a star. I think Brittany understands that she's a very good sidekick. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, I My biggest takeaway from this whole thing was how calm Roxanne was this whole episode. I know. It's like we got the good edit of Roxanne. I mean, we got this like caricature, this idea of Roxanne from the from Teen Mom 3, you know, the Roxanne who picks mm-hmm. them and tosses them out the, the door at, at uh, delinquent baby daddies and stands up on tables and, and restaurants and gets in people's faces. And then for this whole season, to the whole episode rather, she was extraordinarily subdued and supportive and kind of hands off but firm, like very, mm-hmm. very mothering. 
very yes. maternal. I was really impressed with her throughout this whole episode. I think, and I, like I said before we started recording that I should have watched the reunion because in my head, I think they, there was a big fight at the reunion that Roxanne and like Devon and Bray, like just not between other people, like a, <laughs> a D. Jesus family fight. Um, but I found Roxanne, yeah, like so supportive, so calm, so not condescending towards Devon, but like honest with him. You know, she, especially we've seen her like lay in on people. Although I will say like, I'm not sure how MTV missed like a big hospital fight. Yeah. Yeah. The day after the birth when Devon uh, took off to play basketball. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in the early in this episode, we find out that, as I said, Brie gets pregnant, and then Brittany gets pregnant shortly after her. And Brittany wasn't really, like, the guy made it clear that he wasn't going to be involved, so she made the choice to get an abortion. MTV's incredible, like, uh, drawing illustrations that they do is, like, one door for an abortion, yeah. one door for an adoption, <laughs> and one door for keeping the baby, and one one girl walks through the abortion door, and one girl walks through yep. the baby door. I made a note of that because I was like, wow, that's really on the nose, but <laughs> hey, it worked. No subtlety in MTV's illustrations. Absolutely not. No. Uh, Brie, basically, we found out she kept the baby because Devon promised her, which is sad. You know, it's like, it's sad that she... And it happens to a lot of these girls on 60 and Pregnant is that they... And I will say, though, Brie has always had even if she doesn't do the right thing she has good hindsight and she even says yeah. to one of her friends that like devon glamorized the situation yeah. for her and i think i I'm thought like, that was really mature on the on the show like i'm like a lot of girls on 16 pregnant she never seemed to harbor the illusion of this perfect family that she was going to have with devon and nova um, mm-hmm. She, she never seemed to have that idea in her head. And I, I wonder if that's maybe because that's what she was used to growing up, um, mm-hmm. you know, the daughter of a single mother, um, or if she's just a little wiser about, I, I mean, I, I don't know if I should say this, a little wiser about character or reality. But. I think it definitely helped that MTV came in, um, like, after the fact i would have been curious to see how she acted and how she talked about it all like before her and devon broke up because when mtv shows up she they come in pretty late sometimes on a 16 pregnant episode will start at like 20 weeks pregnant breeze didn't seem to start until she was like 34 weeks pregnant she was pretty far along and um in they talk about the fact that like she had already been broken up with Devon for a month. And I do think that we've seen on this show that like once Brie is done with someone, like she's very done with them. Yeah. And I think yeah. she was, yeah, no, Brie doesn't, Brie doesn't do an on and off. She doesn't do it back and forth. Chelsea in that way. For sure. Even Kale, remember like before Brie got with Javi, Kale was like, how come Brie, like, Lewis cheated on Brie and she just cut him off and, like, never talked to him again? Like, why can't I do that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even now with Chris Lopez, it's the same story. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, they're still not talking. Like, it's so much back and forth. But that's, I give, Brianna doesn't make the best decisions when it comes to guys. No. <laughs> I mean, after 
things really spiral out of control, then she figures like enough is enough. So he has the gift like, of she toes the line. Yeah. yeah, she really does. And so I think by the time MTV, you know, started filming, she had already moved into her like I like fuck Devon. Like I I want him to be there for the baby, but like I don't I don't want to be with him mentality. And that's probably why she's coming off so realistic i guess i'll say like she you're right she's so realistic throughout this whole episode about like what her expectations are like she's very clear in what she wants him to do she's very clear in like what she thinks he'll do and it's funny roxanne i will say though like for all of her faults from the beginning was like we just have to give devon time and you know what like she's still saying that and she's like look, I was right. Like now he's coming around. Cousin Devon. That's what I call him now. Thanks to princess. (laughs) You and princess coined that. I mean, he really is. He's their bum ass cousin. Yeah. The, you know, distant uncle who shows up every now and again and plays with the kids and is perfectly fine, but you know, can't expect too much. And she says it in the episode, like she says, you know, I don't need anything from you. Um, she just wants her to be there for, for Nova. Um, when they go out to, to Eve, when, the, when they first start talking again um, in the episode, she's very clear. She's like, I don't want anything from you. I don't mm-hmm. need anything from you. I just want you to show up for our daughter. And uh, yeah, he goes into this whole thing about being forced to get a job and he's whining about that. And she's like, dude, you forced me to be pregnant. Yeah, it's very weird. Apparently when like she first got pregnant, he had a job and he's like, why do I need a job? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, he's also, it's funny. Like, and I feel like this is still the case. Like Devon is also very shy and quiet. And I wonder like what the two of them were like when they were high school boyfriend and girlfriend. Like, do you think they talked a lot? Like, I don't know. I never thought about that. Cause they, yeah, they both are like really quiet. It's probably just a lot of like sitting next to each other and just sex. Probably. Probably. Speaking of, we got the classic 16 and pregnant, like, weren't you on birth control talk? And she was not on birth control and they only use condoms once or twice. And her friend was like, well, didn't you ask him to put on a condom? And she said, no, I couldn't ask him that. That's weird. That's awkward. And her friend's like, why are you having sex with someone where that's awkward? And she's like, he should have just put the condom on. And I was like, oh, I feel like that honestly really sums up a lot of Bree's decisions. Uh, Again, it just goes back to how shy and introverted she is. She'd rather avoid that conflict completely than deal with the consequences. Yeah. Uh, I did write down, it sounded like at one point that Brittany just was talking about her abortion but she said abortion <laughs> i didn't catch that no i have to watch it for the fourth time to try to catch that i yeah. also noticed in the 90 day fiance territory with that abortion annulment <laughs> i also noticed that they lived in like a pretty large house and i'm guessing that the downscaling happened like when roxanne's lupus got bad and I'm, she probably had to cut back on work. And that's when they went into the apartment. What does she do for work? That's like, no the, that's a, such a mystery to me. And that was like the second thing I wrote down, like, where does she work? I don't know. I don't know if she's still working at this point. Um, 
I think she like gets pretty bad flare-ups and they don't really talk about it on Teen Mom, but my impression is that she's pretty sick. Um, yeah. But I would guess, I would bet at the time she like, you know, worked in some sort of office with some sort of like assistant or like a good nine to five, decent benefits, but like not rolling in the money. But I will say like money was not a topic of conversation at all in this episode. No. no, one of the things I liked was like Roxanne, like, and we're kind of skipping ahead because this it's was okay. a later, but um, she like laid out a plan where she was like, you know, you go to school and I will pay for everything for the baby for like the first two years. Two years. So it was like, it seemed like there was just a lot of like planning and like foresight to like, how can we make the situation work? But you know we drop in on them five years later and like Brianna hasn't gone to school. Like do we know that he was in school. Remember on teen mom three. And as princess always talks about, <laughs> she loves this scene. Brie goes for her first day of school and Brittany, Roxanne and Nova, like wait in the car for her. Yes. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. It was like in the parking lot. I don't think Brie went to school. I don't, I think as soon as she got pregnant, like school just wasn't realistic for her anymore. I think that she just, I don't know. I, unfortunately, I think that's the case for, I mean, it is statistically the case for most teen moms that it's like very, very hard to go to school once you have a baby and to work. And I also wonder like, we'll be right back after a quick break. Teen Mom 3 came along and I wonder if she got, you know, quickly after 16 and pregnant and they had stars in their eyes. You know, the OG girls, I don't know if OG was off the air, but remember like when Amber Portwood got arrested and was like in court and they were like, People Magazine was reporting how much money she was making. I wonder if Bree was just like, I mean, I don't really care to do this college thing. And now I'm on the MTV train. And then by the time the MTV train was gone, it was like, well, I don't really want to go back to school. No, I mean, what? It was only just the one season for Teen Mom 3. So, I mean, that was probably only a few months of filming, I would think. Yeah, but, you know, it's like, it's so once you stop, it's like such a quick decision to stop, and then it's so hard to ever start again. Yeah. Her credit, I mean, she hasn't really relied too much on the, the kind of stuff that, you know, some of the other moms did between these, like, when OG went off the air for however many years, and Barra did her sex tape, and... Well, don't forget. Macy did her abstinence only. Uh, like, Hold on. Don't forget that Brie got the labiaplasty live on Dr. Oh. Miami's Snapchat because right. she was considering doing porn. Remember they talked about that in her, um, her like intro to Teen Mom 2? You know, they do that like catching up with Brie thing. And like the producer asked her about that. And she's like, yeah, I was like considering it, but then I didn't do it. Uh, I don't remember that, but this is why you are like the preeminent expert <laughs> on all things Teen Mom. This is the stuff we come to you for. <laughs> yes. Because Thank Brie you. got her surgery at the same time that Kale got her surgery, the Snapchat surgeries, the yeah. Dr. Miami Snapchat surgeries, which <sighs> Brie re-got her ass done and it still looks bad. It's like yeah. going to Dr. Miami. First of all, stop getting... Brazilian butt lifts unless you are like just getting the tiny 
Brazilian butt lifts should be like the tiniest little bit and you can never gain or lose any weight because it's just never, your body's never going to absorb the fat correctly. As I'm we see in the choir here, we watch a ton of botched. Yeah. It's yeah. so bad. <laughs> Farrah looks crazy lately. Her ass looks so bad because she's so thin right now. Um, by the way, like Farrah's so thin. She's always been thin, but she's like really thin right now, but it's almost hard to tell how thin she is because thin she is because her boobs are so big yeah but then you like see her arms and her collarbone you're like holy shit she's really thin and then her ass looks terrible um but brie got the labiaplasty and i remember like at the time that she got it feeling so sad because like i didn't i can't really do uh surgery scenes like i don't like gross stuff so i didn't look at it but i did look at the before and after and it was like it just depressed me because i was like there's literally nothing wrong with her vagina. There was no need. Like her labia is fine. Sorry guys, if this is TMI, but like it was, no, it was was so normal looking, but it wasn't like porn looking. And it was just really depressing to me. But yeah, she told the MTV producers that she was like considering doing porn. And I think not doing porn was like a very good choice for her. Not that I'm like anti people doing porn, but I think that would have been a good fit. I, I don't think that she, like, it would have benefited her life in any way beyond, like, a quick cash grab. Can you imagine Roxanne, though, like, for how, like, out of control she gets when she's upset about things, if she found that out? Unless they all were, like, in on this, you know, like, plan, but, I mean, that alone, I think, would be a deterrent. I can just see her at the kitchen you table, know. like, crying hysterically, like, why would you do this to me? Yeah. Well, I think Brie was kind of acting out for a while too. I mean, she was. I mean, for sure. The whole her Twitter back in the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, bananas! It's absolutely bananas. And Brie's always kind of been like crazier on Twitter than she is IRL, but she used to be like really crazy on Twitter. Although yeah. there was, she had an ex-boyfriend leak, um, like revenge porn. And I wonder if, like, after those came out and she had maybe already been getting, like, vivid entertainment offers, and she was like, well, like, my nudes are already out. So, like, I might as well make money on this. Like, I, I can yeah. see that train of thought. Well, I mean, it goes back to her having great hindsight. Like, hey, maybe this is the opportunity she needed. But <laughs> thankfully that uh, teen mom, uh, too, uh, train came back into the station for <laughs> To get back to what I was saying, I mean, she's kind of consistently worked a day job. I mean, she yeah, she still does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she just in the last episode, she was talking about calling out of work so Lewis could see Stella. Yeah, yeah. Brie has like real legitimate, like, like she can't just like pick up and go to Hawaii. You know what I mean? Like when she wants to go, like she has real legitimate. Like I have to put in for vacation days. Hmm. So back to the sixty and pregnant episode. I don't even know where we are, but. Um, we did get a really good scene of Brittany and Brie talking about why Brittany made her choice that she did and how, I mean, I can't imagine being Roxanne and like learning Brie is pregnant, like having your blow up about that. And then Britt's like, mom, yeah, I have something to tell you. I just wonder if like part of um, Brittany's decision and I, you know, I think she did mention something about how like probably in a, maybe it was like 
teen mom three, like how, you know, the guy was shitty and one, no part of that. But like, I feel like part of her decision probably had to come with like, well, look, my little sister's having a baby. Like can't afford two babies for sure. Yeah. I think that was like a huge part of it. And like, I feel like we see her like, she's pretty gracious, I think through all of this, but like, you can see her kind of like pull back a little, like she's not around as much. And it's, I think really like as the due date gets closer, I think it just really kind of wears on her. Yeah. I liked watching them fight a little more because they, they definitely fight more like teen sister. Like it made me kind of appreciate where they are now and like how much more grown up they are because they like when Brittany's screaming, like she's a brat. (laughs) I don't think Brittany screams like that about Brie anymore because they've just like outgrown that phase. But I just thought it was funny, like throughout the episode, them bickering and fighting. It was, they were just so much more teenagers. I did write down that I love the uh, bean fight. She's probably not disabled. I love that. So uh, there's a scene of like Roxanne and Brittany or Brie putting the a crib together and Brittany like cuts her foot and Brie cuts her foot. Brittany comes in and they talk about how like Britt's going to help with the baby, but that like she doesn't want to help that much and that she is feeling like a little resentful. And she's like, well, you know, I can't like go back and change what happened, but like it is hard. And I just, I think it's like, be- like beautiful how open yeah. they are and how much they're able to talk about like, hey, we're in a really hard situation and it's weird. It's interesting to watch how they're both jealous of each other. Mm-hmm. I also like the way that Roxanne turned the whole, the whole uh, building the crib into a teachable situation about cleaning up bodily fluids. Yes. <laughs> It was just, yeah, it was, the honesty was, like, really refreshing, and and one thing I kind of got from that, too, was, like, Roxanne's sad about how things have worked out, but she's still, like, not wavering in her support, because I feel like in some of these other 16 and Pregnants, we've seen, like, the parents, like, I mean, well, who who are the parents that, like, kicked the, the girl out that was, like, homeless? Was it Jordan? Yeah, Jordan. You just don't necessarily see that sort of support, so. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, so Brittany talks about the fact that, like, she's like, well, I'm not tied down. And, like, I'm seeing you all tied down. And I'm, like, glad I'm not there. And Bree's crying. And, like, Roxanne says to Brittany, like, basically says, like, I'm really happy you got an abortion because you're going to be successful and you have your whole life ahead of you. And then you can tell in that moment, she's like, oh my God, but Brie is in the room. And she like turns to Brie and is basically like, and you're going to be successful too. And you're going to have your entire life. And I can't imagine as a mother, like, so you're trying to emotionally support two polarly opposite situations that came from the same bad decision. Right. Mm -hmm. And on one hand, it's like Brittany made what, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to be surprised by my opinion on this. Brittany made the responsible and right choice for their situation. And Brie didn't, she made the choice based on what her boyfriend wanted her to do. And I think that Roxanne is in an incredibly hard position where she wants to lift up and empower her daughter who made the right choice while not shaming the daughter that didn't, you know, she doesn't want, she still wants the best for Brie. And you can feel that through this whole episode that she is like 
like you said, like I, it's just so incredible how supportive and non-shaming she is, but also like not celebratory, you know, like there's, she really walks like a good line of like, not being like, I'm so excited you're pregnant, but also not being like, I can't believe you got pregnant. You're terrible. Like she walks a really fine line. And in that scene, I just thought it was so interesting watching her almost talk out both sides her mouth, but I don't, I think it was more genuine than that. She was just trying to figure out how to support each daughter with their decision. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I agree to the point where I barely even noticed it. I and mean, she was, she was doing such a good job of assuaging both, both sides of that equation. Um, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely, I can't imagine like, I mean, she even said a little, I don't think we mentioned this, but like when there's a scene where Brie, Brittany, and Roxanne are talking and Roxanne like kind of offhand says like, I really didn't want you to keep it. I, I really wanted you to get an abortion to Brie. But then, I don't know. I thought she did a good job of supporting Brie through this whole thing and Brittany. But I think that like, there's also a natural dynamic of rocks supporting Brie a little more than supporting Brittany. I, you know, yeah. like I think that's their natural family dynamic. And I think that Brittany, like she says at one point, you know, watching mom buy baby clothes for another baby is like really hard. And I'm wondering not to get like two armchair psychologists, but like if that also goes to like watching mom, like spend money on and like spoil and like be excited for something with you and not me. I feel like we saw that in family therapy too, where I don't know. I think Brie gets like, yeah, like a soft touch with everything and Brittany doesn't, but. Yeah. Well, I think Roxanne and Brittany are so similar that Roxanne probably views, like if I'm Roxanne and I have Brittany and Brianna, like, I look at Ra- I look at Brittany and I'm like, she's tough, she's good, she's fine, she's just like me. I don't need I don't need to worry about her. I don't need to like spend all my time, you know, like doing stuff for her because she's gonna do it herself. She's very independent, she's very strong willed, she's loud, she can stand up for herself. And then I think they see Brie like a little doll. And she's like, I need to help Brie. She's very different from me. Like we look different, we talk different, we act different. Like Brie like Brittany and Roxanne are twins and it's especially noticeable in this 16 pregnant episode, how much they look alike. And I think Roxanne just like, kind of, you know, it's like, she's got this, but like Brie doesn't. And I think Brittany feels that. Yeah. I wrote wrote that down. How, how similar they were, how similar they even looked, um, in the 16 pregnant. Um, so I, I, I have that as well. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, Brie is, she's the baby of the house she's i think everybody's always kind of had to form a circle around her um just a wounded little bird of a human being yeah truly she truly is their family bird yeah (laughs) so devon is like mostly absent throughout this whole episode it's just kind of like i texted devon he's not answering i texted devon he's not answering um her friends are like, he's a bum. We find out he doesn't have a car. He doesn't have a license. He doesn't have a job. And that definitely stays a theme until really last season. Mm -hmm. I mean, he still doesn't have a license though. I don't think. Uber's around now though. Uber changed. (laughs) Uber like really equal, you know, leveled the playing field for a no license Devon. Thank God for that. Yeah. I, I had one of those things. Like I wrote that down where like, has he ever really worked? And like, he doesn't have a license, but I am confused. Like in the, 
narration after Nova was born, there was something about, I think, uh, when he Devon drove got away. Upset, I was like, that yes. doesn't track. Okay, we'll just talk about it really quickly. Um, after there was a big fight in the hospital, and in the voiceover, Bree says Devon drove away, and I wrote that down in, how did he drive? Yeah, it's like, this is, doesn't add up. But I'm wondering if maybe after basketball, one of his friends, like, let them borrow his car. You know, it's like, let me go borrow your car to go see the baby. Yeah. I'm just picturing a guy out in the parking lot waiting for him who's, like, peeling rubber on his instructions. Yeah, that's also extremely possible because as we see after the baby's born, Devon comes by and his friend is with him. And it's like, he couldn't wait in the car. Yeah, his ride comes in with him and uh, he was a very polite young man, but it's certainly an awkward situation. Yeah. Um, so there is a scene about where they talk about baby names and uh, her baby name choices are Luna, Nova, and Bliss. Yeah. And uh, Roxanne Vito's Bliss because it sounds like a stripper's name. Yeah. I mean, I loved Luna. I think Luna's such a pretty name. But I also, I think Nova's a cute name. And I think it's cute for Nova. Like, I think she looks like a Nova and it's, like, cute for her. I agree. And Roxanne is like, I love Nova. It's the birth of a star. This is the birth of your baby. And Bree's like, all right, then we'll name her Nova. And Roxanne's like, wait, you don't have to name her that because I like yeah. it. And Bree's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> name her Nova. <laughs> I don't like, though, that her middle name is Star, because I feel like it's basically It's Star Star, but so is Star Stella. Star. Stella yeah. is Stella Star as well. Oh, God. Brittany. Or Brianna, you dumb-dumb. Oh, I love her. Um, So Devon, like, oh, wait. We get this weird scene where she's having, like, time with her girls, and they do arts and crafts which is okay. making t-shirts white t-shirts like ironing on letters and then I, I was like oh maybe they're gonna do like a, a pregnancy photo shoot and then they throw paint onto each other in the front yard and I was like what is this yeah I well I wrote down because I thought I saw them using, using puffy paint and then I was like wait a oh, minute too. I thought that too I go are they not like paint? that dry I was like, went back to 4-H and I was like, oh no, you like step back and come back in a few hours. But I'm like, does puppy paint still exist? I don't know. I'm going to have to look for it now. So, <laughs> But what, why were they throwing paint on each other? It was such a weird scene. I, I don't know. I don't think they provided any context for that. I like, though, how we all just accepted it at face value until, you know, we had to watch it with this episode with a more critical eye so that we could talk about it. And I was like, wait, wait, this doesn't add up. You got to let that sit for at least four to six hours. <laughs> That's true. I think when I just used to watch 16 and Pregnant, I was so used to those weird filler scenes that they would do like that. Like they're active. You know how I talk about like, I hate the activities that they do on these shows. Yeah. 16 Pregnant is all, I think that's another reason I don't love 16 Pregnant. It's like always full of activities. Yeah. And it, it's kind of under false pretense too. Like sort of like when you watch Real Housewives of wherever and somebody's pitching like a trip to go somewhere and it's like you know bravo's coming up with these ideas bravo's the one bankrolling and pitching these yeah. ideas it's not coming from teddy mellencamp you know? yeah like on the real housewives of oc when they went to ireland to like connect oh. meg yeah i even heard uh, 
I even heard Andy Cohen on a podcast once be like, well, that was one of our uh, more obvious ones. <laughs> yeah, not only did I make Chuck start watching, you know, everything in the Teen Mom universe, but now he is up to date with all of the Housewives, too. So he's really fallen uh, down I mean, several pegs on his television watching. My, my original... My original offer was I will watch them as they air with you, but I will not go back and watch the back catalog. And I, I, I don't know what happened, but we were on our honeymoon and we watched The Real Housewives of OC from the very beginning. So. Because yeah. nothing makes sense if you don't watch from the beginning. You can't understand the deep and important dynamics of these shows if you yeah. don't watch all of the seasons. I'm very much a purist, like you have to watch from episode one for everything. Like for me, there's like no point in watching if you're not like doing the beginning. I- I've since accepted that. Also Just- like I stayed with my ex-boyfriend for a really long time. And part of the reason was like, because he just loved like Bravo and reality shows as much as I did. And it was just like, but it's so easy to be with someone who watches the housewives. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Uh, so, oh, so Devon finally texts her back and they meet up and she's like, well, you know, this is where, okay. Brie does this thing that she's continuing to do that I even talked about in the last episode or maybe two episodes again, where she like dangles things for her baby daddies like as rewards and she does it here where she's like well he can have she can have your last name if you like show up yeah it's she's doing it now with child support and with changing uh nova's last name like she seems to do these things where she has this idea that like if she like if she can like levy a promise her baby daddy he'll like want to do better i'm just surprised she still hasn't like She's just not somebody that like learns her lesson where it's like, okay, you already went through this once. And then it's like, you know, Lewis, like some guy she met at the club and, you know, it's like some guy you've been seeing for like four weeks. You think he's going to come through for you, but. Who already has a kid he never sees. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah, no, she really, it's really crazy to me that she had Stella. Yeah. It's really crazy that she was at the abortion clinic and Roxanne was like, why don't you just call Lewis one more time? Oh, Roxanne, why? <sighs> I, don't, I guess that's terrible to say because she's here now. I but. mean, and Stella's great and gorgeous and like so funny and she already has like a ton of personality. Like I actually very much like Stella, but I just looking at Bree's life and especially looking at the 16 and Pregnant episode and like seeing how much of a not shit baby daddy Devon was from the start, why she like trusted Lewis to be any different. I yeah, I it's mind boggling. It really is. I mean, I mean, maybe because he's older. I I don't know. She just makes the absolute worst choices with men. And I'm like, this season I'm finding kind of refreshing because we don't have Javi poking around. Devon, we're seeing like in a new light where he's, you know, like not an absentee father. And we barely have to see this guy that she's dating. But then when I see her with him, I'm like, why are you dating him? Like, I don't know. I think Chicken John's getting pretty good at it. I think he is too. But at the same time, I'm like, 
why are you like, first of all, why does she do long distance relationships? Like this is her second long distance relationship in a row. Although I guess I wonder if she likes it because she is somebody that she can like text with all day, but like doesn't have to like plan her life around. Yeah. Yeah. Cause her life basically doesn't change except for, you know, she gets to go away every, you know, every, every other month or something. So I would I know. It sounds pretty good. So back to the episode, Brie and Devon have a talk about, well, first of all, Brie says with your last, if the baby has your last name, you have rights. If it doesn't, like you don't have shit. And I'm like, that's not how it works. (laughs) She's smart. Such a weird line. Um, And Brie was like, I'm just asking for for a few simple things, like for you to get a job. And he says, why? Yeah. (sighs) And she's like, I I feel bad because she's literally asking him to do like the most simple thing. She's like, I just want you to be there. Like, that's it. Like, I just want you to show up and help. Like, yes, I want you to get a job, but like, I just want you to help. And he's like, well, what do I need to do? (laughs) She's like, just help and she, and just show up for your child. And he's like, yeah, but like, what do you need me to do? And she's like, I don't need you to do shit. (laughs) Like, Yeah. He, he reminds me of guys I went to school with who would do anything they could to get out of having a job. Yeah, it's like he want. I think there's definitely a lot of boys and men on this earth who love the idea of having a baby and not much beyond that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, yeah, once the reality sets in, they're in the wind. Yeah. There's a weird scene of a doctor's appointment and they're like, can you just tell us that it's for sure a girl? Yeah, they really don't want a boy, do they? She was like 39 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Like, I just want to make sure it's a girl. And I'm like, has she not had, I mean, I guess maybe she only had a couple ultrasounds because if you act, from what I understand, like, you don't actually have that many ultrasounds unless you're like going and paying for like the 3D ones and They're high risk or something. Yeah. So I wonder if maybe she just like hadn't had an ultrasound since 20 weeks or something and just TV wanted to be sure footage. uh and they get it on a dvd and bring it home and this is when like a weird fight breaks out Bree's trying to like put the sonogram on the dvd player roxanne's trying to make dinner Bree's like but i want beans and Brittany flips out <laughs> <laughs> yep that, that's the the famous you're pregnant not disabled yeah that's the famous <laughs> She's got a lot of good one-liners and besides Brittany. She's like, if you want beans, make them yourself. And then she's yelling at Roxanne to stop spoiling her. And you can just tell that this is a fight they have a lot. Pre-pregnancy, yeah. post-pregnancy. This is a fight, a regular fight at the DeJesus house. Yeah, this is like three dinners a week that this happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean... Then they basically tell us, and it's pretty obvious that this stems from the fact that, like, like Britt was upset about the sonogram. And I think, it, like, that makes sense. Like, did the sonogram need to be played on the TV? Like, probably not. Uh, Brie starts crying, and Roxanne asks if she's just overwhelmed. And she says, yeah. And I think, I have a feeling that Brie, like, kind of in that moment realized, like, why Brittany was upset. And felt bad about it. Yeah. There's a lot of talk um, through this, 
about walking around on eggshells um, with Brittany to, to not make her more depressed, to not make her sad or sort of, you know, trigger resentment. There's a lot of talk of that in that, in this episode. And um, yeah, I don't want the baby to come and she gets extra depressed. And I'm wondering, is, is she already depressed? Has she already expressed that? You know, is that? Is that already a thing that they're dealing with? Well, I think, Early in the episode, Bree's like, Brittany's not around. She's not spending time in the house. Like, I think that they probably have acknowledged, like, maybe she's not depressed, but, like, making herself scarce. And I think Bree is having a real hard time. She's talking to a friend, and she's like, you know, a 35-year-old, when they get pregnant, they get to enjoy being pregnant. And I don't get to enjoy being pregnant because, like, I'm a teen. I feel like I'm missing out on so much. And, like, she's so scared of enjoying being pregnant because it will upset Brittany. And it's just sad because, you know, they're, like, not just sisters, but they're best friends. And I can't imagine, like, how much it must have sucked for Brie because I'm sure in her head it was always, like, well, when I get pregnant, my sister's going to be there for me with everything. And, like, they are now. You know what I mean? Like, Brittany would never miss a doctor's appointment. Like, she probably went to all of Stella's you know, doctor's appointments, like Brittany is there, like we see how close they are and how much like Brittany helps her and is at everything that she needs her to be at. And it's just, I can't imagine like how alone, like Brie even is crying about it. It's like, I feel so lonely for my friends, but like also for my sister. And I was like, oh. Yeah, that's the nail on the head, isn't it? So they go, her friend's all go out to a haunted house and Brittany agrees to come while they're at the haunted house Bree's stomach starts to really hurt so they leave and she goes into labor that night and Devon is actually there <laughs> shocking I I was impressed too that she was actually right that she was like going into labor because I feel like there's a lot of false starts and stops in a lot of these episodes so well done well, I think Devon was only there because Roxanne picked him up I mean, no, no, he came to the house and then Roxanne drove them all. Oh, I thought they said Roxanne picked him up. I think they said that I texted Devon and he actually showed up and then we all drove to the hospital. Yeah, shockingly. Um, And everything goes really well. Baby Nova's born and then Devon leaves to play basketball. Yep. Could be. uh, All his life. Which isn't that basically what Stefan did in Young and Pregnant, where I'm like, this is a recurring motif. Oh, yeah. Stefan was always leaving to play basketball. You, you know, you can't fall behind on that kind of stuff. Babies are no babies. I mean, he might lose his skills. He has yeah. to practice. <laughs> but, of course, they flip out about it, rightfully so. And here's my thing, though. So, like, he leaves to go play basketball. Okay, we all agree that that's shitty. But, like, if he stayed, he would have been on the birth certificate and Nova would have had his last name. Like, uh, also, like, when he... Okay, so he leaves to go play basketball. They don't put his name on the birth certificate. And they give her, like, Bree's last name. But if... I guess, like, just because I've never had a baby, I don't know, but... You would think Devon would show up and be like, I'm actually the father. Like, I'd like to sign the birth certificate. Yeah, that seems suspect that they could just kind of steamroll that. No father. And they were like, well, what about the guy who was in the delivery room with you? No, not the father. Hmm. How long was he playing basketball? Like, (laughs) I don't know. 
just very confusing. Um, and apparently they have a big blowout fight, which MTV cameras did not capture, which is, which is a shame because my favorite yeah. 16 and pregnant moments are when the baby dads and like the, the 16 pregnant mom's family fights in the delivery room. Like I love that. Yeah. The, the animation was a poor substitute for the real thing in this case. We find out that he like cursed them all out, <laughs> like was screaming. Yeah. He made a dramatic uh, show of tearing off his his hospital band that said "Father." On. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, so the hospital knew there was a father there. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah. how do you just not put the birth or the name on the birth certificate? But know. still, the most shocking part of all of that to me was that she said Devon drove off. I was like, that doesn't track. Um, so they go home and Brit, like, I think, okay, I have a theory that Devon, like, her watching Brie of the baby was probably, like, really important for her, and then watching Devon leave and then come back and curse her and her mom out was Brittany's, like, snap-in moment. I think that was, like, oh, like, the baby's here. Like, it was incredible watching the baby be born. I love this baby. And I'm I'm not dealing with this not shit baby daddy, and I'm not letting anyone treat my sister and now the niece that I love very much that way. Because once they get into that car leaving, like that's the Brittany we know and love who has not been here this whole episode, if you noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She gets in the car and she's like, nope, he's not shit. He's not shit. Fuck him. And I was like, yeah, Brittany. <laughs> like, yeah. here's Brittany. Like the whole before that the whole entire episode like she has her lines like they get into a little fight as they get in that fight as we talk about but like she doesn't seem very protective over Brie we can't really tell how close they are like but in that moment I really do think that that was Brie or Brit's like like awakening or like moment that she was like realized how much she wanted to be a part of all of this yeah I agree with that I agree with that completely Because by the end by the end of the episode, I mean the sisters they they make a show of making peace and sort of sitting down and seeing eye to eye and um, obviously there's there's some more bumps in the road. I mean there's family therapy and then you have being Brittany where she's talking about moving to Seattle but ultimately decides not to. Which again, a, a lot of that goes back to the unhealthy codependent aspects of of the relationship. I think. I but think Roxanne sows anxiety. I think she's really good at that. Yes. Whether she realizes yeah. it or not. Yes, that's a great way to, that's a really good way to discuss it. But I do want to say that there is the codependency, but then there's also like the really real fact that Roxanne has a very serious chronic illness and that she has two little nieces. And I think it weighs on her, like, can I leave mom, like, just to Brie? Like, I think that that is, like, a codependency factor. But, like, you know, if my mom got sick, let's say, like, it would just be on me because my brother lives in Seattle. Like, yeah. like, and he wouldn't be able to just move here. You know, he has a career and a family there. And it it's very, not that, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think, yeah. I think Britt, like, realize, I think Britt feels probably pretty stuck. I think that she also has the pretty unique opportunity of getting a decent paycheck from MTV that keeps her there. I think that's definitely part of it. But I think that Brittany realizes like, yeah, it's definitely a level of codependency, but 
the fact that their mom is sick is real, you know, like that's not codependency. That's like, we have to take care of her. Yeah. Yeah. I think between that and then like seeing how, like, I think Brianna's a very capable parent, but she is very much a single parent, not as much now with, um, uh, cousin Devon, but yeah, no, but they can't rely on Devon for anything. No, he's not, he's not, he doesn't have a car. He doesn't have means to get around. Like Nova still doesn't really go there on her own. Like it's great that he's showing up, but she's like still the single parent. Yeah. So I think Brittany, like, I, I just think a sense of obligation too. not only with, yeah. with yeah, Roxanne being sick, but like Brianna needs some help. She can't rely on like, Mm-hmm. anybody but Brittany and her mom and her mom's sick so and but I think where the codependency kicks in it's like why doesn't Brittany have her own apartment you know what I mean like yeah I also think of course there's the cultural factor and the fact that they're Latina and in a lot of Latina like cultures it's very normal for like uh multi-generational families to live together and that's one but, of the reasons I wanted to do this episode is because you don't see that like at all I mean, on, on Teen Mom, you don't see that at all on, on Young and Pregnant, and you don't see it at all on, on 16 and Pregnant. This, this kind of family dynamic is very, very different than what we're used to. I mean, that's true. Like, a baby coming, like, we're all going to be helping Chelsea, Who are like, you know, Chelsea was, has a, is close to her dad, and he's always there to bail her out, but, you know, they don't live in the same house. No, she moved out in season one of Teen Mom. I mean, he paid yeah. for it. Yeah. She moved out, but. Yeah, no, I think you're very much right that, like, I think there, and, like, when it comes to Brittany moving or Brittany doing anything, that there is a level of codependency, and I, there's a level of Roxanne being sick, and there's also a level of, like, they're a multi-generational family caring for the kids, and I think that was, like, always understood that, like, I don't think Brittany, like, raises the kids, but, you know, she helps take them to school, like, she does what she, she helps out a lot, and, I, though I really like Chuck, what you said that Roxanne sows anxiety and yeah, I mean, she does. I think that's a really good way to describe it. And I don't think she's necessarily doing it intentionally. I have a feeling that's how her mom was, you know, I would bet like her parents were like that. And I think that she has this way of like manifesting like an anxious energy onto her daughters. Mm-hmm. Which- maybe is uh you know a way that ensures that for her to ensure that she's constantly needed yes very much yes i think that that's absolutely true i don't know what roxanne would do if you even remember like when brie first came back on team mom 2 and she was gonna move out with lewis and they were like asking nova if nova wanted to go with them like yeah she was like gonna possibly stay with Rox. Like it was, I, I think you're right. I think Roxanne has positioned herself in a way that like her kids are still very dependent on her. She's very dependent on them. The grandparents are very, or the grandchildren are very dependent on her. And I think it's, I think it's like a big mix of codependency, illness and culture. And I think like, you can't just say it's one or the other. Oh yeah. I I think when that's why I think it's always been like so reductive and dismissive when people just call them the coven. I hate that. Yeah. Level of uh, of like codependent man hating women who just keep to themselves and want nothing to do with the outside world and it's it it just it 
it completely negates a lot of factors that go into why they are the way they are and why they are uniquely positioned within this franchise. Um, so yeah, I've always, I've always hated that. And I've always kind of stuck up against that um, on um, like Reddit and the message boards and stuff. Yeah, I completely agree. And even in this episode, she says, you know, I left like a poor neighborhood in Brooklyn to come down here. Like, I think Roxanne sacrificed a lot to give her daughters, you know, there are a lot of people that will move from like shittier neighborhoods in New York. I shouldn't say shittier, but you know what I mean? Like poor neighborhoods in New York and will move to Florida because Florida has a pretty low cost of living, has nice, some people consider nice weather. And I think like, it's a it's an upgrade for a lot of people you know to get out of their neighborhoods that they were raised in and i think that roxanne definitely i kind of lost where i was going with that but like oh it plays into their dynamics like roxanne is a single mother like moved her daughters to florida to give them a better life and i think that that probably also sowed dependency they moved away most likely as far as we know from the family unit that they had in new york you Mm -hmm. know and it's just the three of them and it's like we have to rely on each other to keep it keep us afloat here yeah i mean if it comes off that they don't you know that they think they don't need anyone else or they act like they don't want anyone else it's because they only ever had each other yeah also every man in their life has been shit yeah they don't do shit to push away devon in this episode they don't do anything break and every voiceover breeze like i've been texting devon he's not answering um you know, after they get home from the hospital, it's a full week before Devon comes by. I was trying to figure out the timeline because it was quite a while. Said a week. Okay. And right before Brie gives birth, Roxanne and Brie are talking and Roxanne says like, he can stay here a couple nights every week. She says, I don't want to be his hotel, but yeah. you know, they would have let, if, if Devon, Okay. I've, I know in my heart from how we know Roxanne acts, if Devon came home with them from the hospital and was there and was actively being a part of Nova's life, like he would have lived with them. Well, yeah. We that would have happened because it totally did happen. Yeah. They would not have, she would not have stuck to a couple nights. If he was pulling his weight and making it easier and was like t- helping take care of Nova, like he could... Devon had the chance and he had the choice. And yes, by the time Teen Mom 3 came around, they made it a little harder. But he had already shown his ass for months. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people give them shit for that. And they're like, well, they made it impossible for Devon to parent. Brie was constantly like, please just come watch your baby. And he wouldn't come over. And when he does, he brings a friend. He sits on his fucking phone. He doesn't even turn the phone on silent. No, he's he's openly sitting there texting like there's he'd rather be anywhere else. Brittany was like, like keep phones were good too. Yeah, Brittany's like, keep it on the fucking phone and learn how to feed your child. Like he didn't even know how to feed Nova. He had no idea because he wasn't there. So it really chaps my ass when I see people online be like, Well, they didn't let Devon be a dad. Like in this 16 pregnant episode, like they tried. And I'm sure if he had been like, if he hadn't left that day to go play basketball at the hotel at play basketball at their hospital and he had just stayed he would have gotten in the car with them and just went back to their house and never would have left yeah would have been on the birth certificate yeah um so roxanne is like devon comes over 
Bri- Brianna, you can even tell, is like thrilled he's there. Um, he sits on his phone. He doesn't turn his phone on silent. It's like, ding, 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 ding. Roxanne is trying to talk to him, and she's so calm. Yeah. This is not the Roxanne that we saw last season at all. She was, she had a lot of grace in that situation. She was so fucking calm. She was like, and even under, like, she was respectful. She was like, you know, like, if you stay around and you're here more, like, you're going to learn, you're going to know how, I know it seems hard right now, but like, all you have to do is show up and you'll be better. And then Roxanne's like, you know, I feel pretty disrespected right now and he's like why <laughs> yeah yeah it takes a lot of nerve that he's he's uh he's got some brass balls in this episode you know why do i need to get a job why are you disrespected right now i just like i don't understand you know <laughs> can you imagine being his friend pedro though where you just have to like sit there and watch all of this unfold like oh I don't think we ever saw him again. That was probably... I was like, why the fuck did you make me do that? (laughs) God. So Brie was like, I feel like you're just being really rude for no reason. And Devon's like, I'm trying not to argue. And Brie's like, who's arguing here? (laughs) Like, it was... Yeah. I mean, I do under... Oh, at one point when Brittany was like, put the phone down. He... What did he say? I wrote it down. He said... He goes, too bad. Too bad. He just like keeps saying, too bad. To her, it was very weird. So Brittany was being aggressive for sure. But then Brittany gets up and walks away. And Roxanne is so calm when she's talking to him. And he's like, well, I don't want to argue. And Like, nobody's arguing, Devon. Is Roxanne is just saying, come around for your child. The birth certificate? Yeah, I think he was still mad. Well, and I think that once Devon, once like, actually understood that, like, a baby was coming, I think he was done. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and I honestly, I think if they put him on the birth certificate, like he, it wouldn't have changed anything. I think he was very immature. I think he was probably smoking a lot of pot, like running around, doing whatever the fuck he wanted to do, and just like did not care to be involved. And Roxanne, like it was, it's easy for him to be like, well, your mom's a bitch. Yeah. Again, it's, it's reductive and self serving. Yeah. Um, we do get a scene of Brie like going to talk to a school counselor and it's always depressing when they're like, so how long will it take for me to finish after they say they want to take one class? And like this counselor is always like, well, a little longer than two years. I do like that of all the, um, all the many times we've seen the teen moms tour colleges or universities or beauty schools or what have you. I do like that we got the scene of them changing Nova on the toilet in the bathroom. <laughs> that was why they were changing her. Brie had the diaper in her mouth. That was real. Just yeah, a, like, a changing table. Like you would think they would have a changing table. You'd think so. Yeah. I I have worked in higher education for. 10 plus years now and then that got me to thinking where I'm like I don't know if I've ever seen a changing table I'm gonna be on the lookout now after seeing that upsets me all of that go down I'm not sure I've actually seen one that's really terrible I'm gonna start a campaign on campus to uh seriously get them so we get a little scene of Roxanne and Brittany or Brie like kind of debriefing about the college experience and Brie is just like I think Bree is 
honestly and truly realizing like I'm not going to be able to do this because I don't like I'm a totally single parent Bree oh yeah Bree's just so frustrated Devon just isn't going to help her and she I think it's like the nerd like like I said the reality of the situation she's like I just don't see how I'm gonna like be a parent work and go to school yeah Yeah, that situation is like totally like underscored when she's She's supposed to meet Devon for dinner, and he totally blows her off. I, oh, that was heartbreaking. So Devon agrees to meet with her, but he doesn't want to meet with her in front of her mom. So her mom, because I guess Brie also doesn't have a license at this point. I don't know. These two, I will say, and this is like a common occurrence that I've noticed on these shows, is that the dad, like the whole episode will be about how a dad doesn't have a job. A dad doesn't have a license. The dad doesn't have the car. But mm-hmm. then you're like, does she have a job? Like, does she have a license? Like, does she have a car? And yes, I'm like, I understand she's having the baby, birthing the baby, and she's going to be the one caring for the baby. But that is like a common theme throughout 16 and Pregnant, where they're like, why don't you have a car? And it's like, well, why don't you have a car? Truth. Truth. Yeah, I, I don't think she has any of those things in this episode. I mean, by the end of it, she does. She's at least got a job um, or she's in college. Yeah, she was like signing up for college. But I mean, I guess it's different, be- not different, but there's the implicit understanding that Roxanne will be like providing everything for Nova. So like right. Bree's side is covered, you know? So it's not necessarily the same as Devon, like unless Devon's mom was willing to pay for Nova, which- Have we ever seen his parents? No, but do you remember- they're the first season that they came back on Teen Mom 2, Devon's mom like wanted Nova to go over there and she was like, Nova doesn't even know her. Like yeah, she doesn't she doesn't call and ask about her. Like she's never made an effort to be part of Nova's life. He has a couple sisters or something too. Because yeah. I remember there was talk about that and it's like we've never I mean, we've seen his buddy Pedro and then like whoever that young man is he lives with now, but like we've never like even really heard about his family. And like, fair enough. I, as I've said many times, like I would never be on teen mom. Like I have total respect, but there are lots of family members who aren't on this show that we know are intricate parts of the children's lives, such as the Lynn's, you know, mm-hmm. or Madonna, like she's never been on this show, but like we know she exists. And I think that, I think that Devon's family just was never, I mean, I don't know. To be fair, like, on one hand, if your son isn't involved in his daughter's life, like, how involved will you be? But, like, I can't imagine just being like, oh, well, I have a granddaughter out there that I'm, like, not in touch with. I think probably his family situation definitely bleeds over into, like, how we saw him kind of start out parenting, like, just kind of, I don't know, a lot of apathy, like, just. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I think that, like, even if she didn't want to be on the show or his family didn't want to be on the show, there would still be a lot more talk of her if she was involved. So I'm not saying, back to the point, like, I'm not saying that his mom should have been paying for him, like, to pay for Nova, but I guess that's the reason why we don't focus as much on, like, Brie not having a job, because, like, we know her payment's coming from rocks. So, like, it doesn't matter that much if she doesn't have a job, but I will say, like, I was thinking about that when she was like going on and on. I'm like, okay, but like, are you going to try and provide for her? Are you just going to rely on your mom? Yeah. 
I don't know. Um, I do want to go back for a second mm -hmm. because there is a um, glaring omission we've made. We are not talking about Brianna's haircut. Oh my God, we forgot. Her fucking pixie cut looks so fucking good. Which I, I am a fellow short-haired lady, so, and I know a good pixie cut when I see it, and it just looks so great on her. And I think that was one of the things that when she wasn't on TV for a while, like I still remembered her as like having yes. the, the great short hair. So, well, she like her friend sees her and goes, you look older. And it's it, the cut aged her 10 years, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She just looked really mature. Like in a good way. Yeah. I mean, she rocks that pixie cut so well, and I would love to see her do it again. I was just thinking that. She looks so good. Yeah, she's like, I've had a hard two weeks, so I treated myself to a haircut. And then she has this, like, fabulous pixie cut for the rest of it. And that's what she had all through Team Mom 3, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think so. It looks so good. Oh, she should get it again. Um, but, yeah, so Devon agrees to meet up with her for dinner. Roxanne drives her to dinner and, I guess, waits in the car outside. <laughs> yeah. And Devon doesn't show up. Like, what a piece of shit. That was so gross. And it was, um, I guess my, like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, is he just have, like, he, he just has a lack of respect for them in general. But then also it's, like, the immaturity coupled with that. Like, it's just, I just can't imagine leaving, like, just blowing off the mother of my child, especially, like, when she's sitting there waiting for you. Not like, you know, I'll stop yeah. over there after basketball, like she left the house. We don't like to leave the house. So it just really. So it's a big deal. Resonated. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, and she just sat at that restaurant. She had the baby with her. Like it was just so sad. Yeah. And it's, but, hey, Roxanne came through. Yeah. It's a moment like that where you're like, you're glad she's got her mother in her life. You're glad. Yeah. Like, because I mean, who else is going to come through for her at that, at that moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the episode kind of ends with uh, Brie and Brittany having like an honest talk. And this is what I meant by this episode, like <sighs> having a beautiful moment that we do not get to see on this show where Brie is like, I made the wrong choice. I should have had an abortion. I love my baby, but like you did the right thing. And Brittany is like, Brianna says, like, Brittany is so supportive. She's so amazing. How much she surprised her by, like, just being so supportive. And it's just, like, I mean, Brie's story will always be this, but it's, like, a tale of two sisters that I find, like, really beautiful. It's a very tender wrap-up to the episode. Uh, it's yeah. Almost, almost like a reconciliation after what was obviously a lot of hard stuff between the two of them throughout the course of of pregnancy and um yeah i mean it, there's an there's an omission of respect from on, on both sisters from both sisters um you know Bree, Brittany says to Bree, like i don't know how you do it people let other people down you know um and Bree tells her it's like you made, you made a smart decision and i respect it and i just i just thought that moment of recognition even if it was short-lived was just absolutely beautiful mm -hmm. yeah and it's just like I said, MTV got so lucky with the storyline 
in the contrast of the storylines. And they had done in season two a, or like in between season two and three of 16 Pregnant, I think, like an abortion special on one of the girls that was on. So it must have been oh, yeah. Michaela, I think her name was. Malika. I can't remember exactly what her name is off the top of my head. But she got an abortion and they did a special on her that I think she got a lot of backlash for. And I think what they should have done was this episode and then they should have re they should have shot an entire second episode from Bree's or Brittany's perspective and played those back to back. Yeah, uh Marky, I think. I'm looking that I was just looking that up. Yeah, I just think this is I mean, we never like besides Brittany and then that one um the special, it's like they never have like address this as a choice. Like they talk about it, but they breeze past it. But it's like, there's so many girls that we've seen, like if they had made this choice, their lives would be so different. So. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I would have loved to have seen, you know, we got being Brittany now, but I would have loved to see back then that they did a whole episode on Brittany. I think that I understand, like, the point of the show is having the baby, but I think this would have been a really good way for Teen Mom to, like, do a entire episode, not, like, a serious abortion special. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, that it had to be an abortion special. Like, that's how they did it. Like, an abortion special. Like, Dr. Drew was there. It was, like, a sit-down. But I think it would have been really cool if... Or even, like, a 90-minute episode, and we got more individual Britney scenes and, like, uh, like some narration from Britney and, like, inner dialogue from Britney. And, like, really talking about what it's like to be a teen and get an abortion and then see, like, others around you deal with teen pregnancy. But, like, it's just so refreshing to have one of these fucking shows talk about abortion. Yeah. Well, and I think now, I mean, it's so far removed, like, the 16 and pregnant to, like, what we see now with Brittany. It's like, I had kind of even forgotten about that until I watched it again, so. Yeah. I Different mean, time. It was definitely a good episode. I'm glad you guys picked this episode. It's, I'm glad they're on Teen Mom too. I think they're a good addition to the cast. I think they add some much needed diversity, not just the fact that they're Puerto Rican, but like, like socioeconomic diversity, you know, they add a different layer, not because like they struggle, but like, as we said, like they culturally live very differently than all the other girls on Teen Mom 2 and Teen Mom OG, but especially Teen Mom 2. And they give us something that is fresh. Oh, they're literally the only segments I look forward to on Teen Mom 2 now. I mean, watching it now, it's a complete slog. I mean, it's... Oh, it's so bad. I don't know what they're going to do next season. As I talk about on like every episode, I just don't know where Teen Mom 2 goes from here. I Like they have to fire Janelle, right? Like, yeah. they don't want to, but they have, like, how do you keep, how do you keep Janelle on this show? I mean, she well, she's them- not even going to be on the next couple of episodes. Oh, yeah, I read she, like, that. Gives them nothing. And she, out of anybody, because this was our dinner conversation yesterday, like when the Teen Mom money dries up from that franchise, she is going to be the most fucked because she has no ability to do anything else. No. Just- no savings. No, like oh. she's, it's, really it's really scary the idea of her not being on the show I did read a theory because you know I've always been like I don't understand why David wants her fired if all of their income yeah. comes from Teen Mom 
I did read somebody on Reddit left a really good comment that they thought, um, like speculating for why David would want her off the show. And it's because David would be able to go back to work and be the provider and have that financial control over Janelle, which is like the one area that he doesn't, he doesn't have a leg up on Janelle. You know what I mean? Like in the end, like she is still the breadwinner and she's still the famous one. And if he could get her off the show, like even though it would hurt him, it's probably not coming from a place of like him looking at what is the smart decision, but he wants like the controlling stake. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would, I would buy that for a dollar. Which is depressing and sad. And I think it's very, I mean, even Barbara, like on this season was like, Janelle has to film. Like it's her job. Like she understands that. Like it's her job. And it's nice that they're like finally kind of open, even since breaking the fourth wall, they don't always talk about it like that. And it is, it's Janelle's job. And it's just so crazy to think. I mean, the reality is they'll be fine for a little bit because her Instagram money, you know, like the clickbait, she still has a million followers or however many followers she has like for two years, let's say they'll be able to live like not as much money, but they'll be able to live off the social media stuff. But like when that dwindles, like, whew, yeah, we did, uh, yesterday we checked all of the teen moms Instagrams to see who has the most followers. Chelsea. It's Chelsea. So I think Chelsea will be fine, but Janelle's up there, but still she's not, she's after kale, which I thought was kind of sweet kind of uh, justice, but. Well, I think that Chelsea, I think Chelsea will be fine because I think Chelsea's dad has had her with a financial planner since they started making money. So I think that she probably has savings, investments, you know what I mean? Like they'll be, I think they'll take a hit. And I think that she'll have to like actually utilize those social media followers. Cause if you look on Chelsea's Instagram, she doesn't do like any sponsor content, which like whatever, good for her. But at the same time is also like lazy as fuck. Like you have, you are sitting on, what does she have? Like 5 million followers. Like you are yeah. hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars per year that you're not utilizing because you don't feel like building your own brand and like, whatever, you don't want to do the fit T stomach. Like I get that. And like her only like spawn con is like that profile standard diet shit. She hawks, which I like, they can't be paying her that much money. Um, like I've seen her do like a Campbell's soup ad. Like she really doesn't do a lot of ads. She doesn't do the clickbait, which like that I understand and support, but like she should be running a like mommy blogger vlogger type of Instagram. And it's fucking crazy that she's not. And it's because she's too lazy to do it. She's too lazy to generate like a brand for herself that sponsor content would make sense with. And on one hand, it's like, I can understand why, because she makes a lot of money from teen mom. But on the other hand, it's like, I don't have a lot of respect for someone that blows a platform like that. Well, we know she's not busy washing her hair, so she definitely could find the time to do it. In our group chat one day, we were we were guessing how many times a week Chelsea washes her hair, and I wash my hair like two times a week, which means Chelsea probably washes her hair like once every other week. That is just what I was thinking. I do like every other day, but I'm like, that's like that is like two weeks of dry shampoo. Yeah, I would say two. I bet two weeks because think of all the extensions and how long it takes to brush it out and then like really give it a thorough washing probably takes a long time for her so I bet like also like I bet Chelsea only showers like two or three times a week 
She's very dirty. And I don't know why nobody else but me notices that because it's, she's thin. Like Kate, every comment about her is how much she must smell and how gross she is. But like, I bet Chelsea is the gross one. Yeah. Yeah. All she does is sit on a couch with her hair like a mess. Like, yeah, she has those kids. She's busy with the kids. She doesn't shower a lot. I'm sure of it. Yeah. She's busy being, uh, you know, mama bear and momming so hard. Thug wife. Oh, Should I get you a thug wife shirt, Amy? That would be great. Ugh. All right, guys. Any final thoughts on Brianna, Brittany, Roxanne being on feathers in my hair? I yeah. think um, this opportunity arose because it was Chuck's birthday. Oh, yeah, I meant to and say at the beginning. <laughs> I came up with this when listening to um, your bonus episode with Katie and my one friend almost talked me out of it because he was like, well, you don't want to give somebody a gift that is work. And then another friend was like, you have to do this. So I'm glad that I listened to that second friend. And here we are now. And thank you so much for being game for this to uh, discuss uh, the De Jesus sisters uh, in a celebratory manner for Chuck's I won't say how old you are. We're a little old for this. Chuck's 21st birthday. Yep. Yep. Be kind. Um, yeah, they say never meet your heroes. That's not a good idea. But uh, this has been absolutely lovely and a total blast. Um, yeah, I'm glad we did it. Do you want to plug your Instagrams or anything? Oh, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> we are. are like, yeah. don't, don't say my last name. Like, don't put my Instagram. I'm like, yeah. I feel you. Mine is private. I'm a college librarian. I'm not putting anything interesting on there. So. I was with a friend this last weekend and she like asked me to do something the next day. And I was like, well, I have to like do my podcast. And she was like, you're what? And I was yeah. like, my podcast. And she was like, what? And I was like, I do a podcast about like reality TV. Like, I don't think people who listen to this like quite understand like how much I do not talk about this in my life so I like I've just decided to unabashedly like live my best life where like I only watch reality tv <laughs> I listen to a million podcasts about reality tv and I j and I read books for like <laughs> memoirs and then I I'm just like this is who I am and I did tell a couple of people at work including the woman that works for me <laughs> and I was like, this is just, they're, they looked bewildered, but I, I wasn't going to like backtrack where I was like, no, this is what we're doing for Chuck's birthday. And this is the greatest gift ever. This is going to be hard to top. I love that. I saw a tweet today that was like, somebody asked me what my hobbies are in my head. Well, I watch reality TV, then I listen to podcasts about it, and then I get on a private Facebook group to talk about what I thought about was on the podcast yeah. and the TV show. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty I I was asked once, like, in a job interview, like, so what are your hobbies? And I just, and this was supposed to be the opening, like, oh, we're just having friendly conversation over dinner. And I just, I blanked. Because it was like, well, I can't tell them. I just <laughs> watch Teen Mom and Housewives and talk about it. I don't even know what I said. I was like, I like to box. Yeah, um, but like, the thing was like, out loud, I read books, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the only other Don't ask me what I'm reading, though. The only other person besides Amy that in my real life that I told I was doing this podcast is my therapist. And, and not out of any sort of shame. <laughs> 
but <laughs> they wouldn't understand. I love the idea that people like talk about the idea that anybody would be talking about my podcast and therapy like brings me great joy. Oh, I've, I've talked about it at least two or three times. <sighs> yeah. I love that. Oh, really. You, you, uh, your work, Liz, really does loom large over our <laughs> day-to-day. Yeah. My art. <laughs> it is your art. <laughs> All I right, guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. This was a thrill. As I love to you, chat Liz. with my dear friends, which, by the way, I was listening to a podcast that I didn't love that I can't remember the name of it, but about like some abuser guy. And they said that he would describe people he knew as his dear friends. And they're like, that was so weird. And I was like, well, that's how I describe everybody on my podcast. (laughs) Works for us. Uh, All right, guys. Thank you so much. I had a blast. Thank Thank you. you. We'll see you again in October for my birthday. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. All right. Bye, Liz. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards. www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos.